Welcome to the New Man Podcast, a show for brave men to experience freedom in their faith, sexuality, and relationships. The goal? goal? To provide practical tools and timeless principles that help you become the man you were made to be. And now, your host, Sathya Sam. What's up, everybody? It's Sathya Sam here, and welcome to the New Man Podcast. Thank you so much for listening, taking time out of your busy day to tune in here, and uh, I really, really appreciate it. And a big thanks to those of you who continue to provide feedback, uh, encouragement on the course, uh, those of you who have been leaving ratings. It means the world to me. It just gives me encouragement to keep doing what I'm doing here, but it also allows us to get the word out to help more guys, and um, and that's really what this is about. You know, it's it's been amazing uh, this season that we've been in here at Deep Clean where, um, you know, we're just, I would say we're gearing up for another level, another level of scale and um, some major projects in the pipeline here. And um, when you when you take on projects, uh, I have made a habit of just using them as opportunities to remind myself of why I'm doing what I'm doing. Because you can get so caught up in a project and the logistics and the deadlines that sometimes you just lose sight of, you know, why this project exists in the first place. And um, one of the things I was reminded of in, in sort of, um, you know, going through my book and we revamped the website this year. I just built a, an ebook as well uh, that's going to get launched here very shortly. Um, stay tuned. Uh, I think probably in the next week or so, we're going to be doing a, a whole episode, a whole series rather of episodes on uh, that little ebook. And, uh, and we'll give you a chance to get a free copy of it. Um, but, you know, uh, and there's actually, there's a bunch of other projects too. Uh, but anyway, the, the thing that I'm just reminded of is, you know, sexual misbehavior and porn stop men from pursuing their dreams and fulfilling their potential. And that is what actually drives me to do this more than probably anything else. I, I do really, um, I, I hate the, the relationship pain it causes. And that, that's like a very close second for why I do what I do because, you know, you want to see marriages whole and you want to see families healthy. And, and ultimately, you want to see fathers leaving a multi-generational legacy uh, from a financial perspective, emotional, relational, and a sexual and spiritual perspective as well. Um, but I just, I'm, I'm so interested in watching the man become transformed in, um, in, in every facet of his life, you know, just walking in the fullness of what God has made him to be. And um, that's why we do what we do, you know, and it's, um, I've just been so starkly reminded of it. And I wanted to just say it again, you know, that's what this podcast is really about. It's about helping you unlock your potential. And it's about you overcoming the obstacles and the hurdles of life that stop you from doing that. So um, welcome to the New Man Podcast. And I'm just glad that you're listening today. And I'm really glad that I get to play a small role in helping you achieve some of your potential. We are talking about a really interesting subject today, and um, I actually got called out by one of my own clients on this subject because, um, you know, like the deep clean community is this fascinating place because you have people from very different walks of life, stages of life, um, different cultures. And um, and the different faith backgrounds as well. I mean, it's predominantly Christian, but we do have um, a, a percentage who are, you know, agnostic or of other religions. And so, 
you always, you see this sharing of resources take place. You know, people share about the podcast they listen to or books that they're reading or, you know, just things they're learning about that are helping them along the way. And, and it's probably, in my opinion, it's the, the best part. It's the greatest asset of the program and what we've created here. And um, there's been a lots of just uh, lots of sharing around the subject of attachment theory, which is, I would say, a very prevalent subject in modern psychology, um, although it's taken a long time for it to gain wider acceptance. But it, it's I would say it's a pretty hot button topic now. And I actually listened to a podcast. Um, I'm trying to think of what it's called now. I think it's Therapist Uncensored. And that's hosted by uh, Ann Kelly and Sue Marriott. And they are kind of attachment theory junkies. Uh, they both are clinical psychologists, been practicing for decades between the two of them. And, um, and they talk a lot about it. So that, that's where I've been sort of getting my own education on the subject. But um, we don't really talk about it in deep clean. Like when you go through the course, it, it's not a focus. And, um, and so one of my clients was like, what the heck, man? Like, this is important stuff. How come this isn't in the course? And I was like, oh, you know, I, I well, for starters, I learned about it after the course was created. But secondly, you know, we, we had to leave out a lot of important stuff in the course because, um, you know, there, there are certain things where it's like, this would be so good for our guys to know. Oh, but actually, it's probably not as important as this because for the, it's not just that they know it, it's what's going to move them into action and ultimately into transformation. And so we, we've left a lot of good material out, um, not because it didn't have a place, but simply because there was other stuff that was going to be more important for helping guys get free of porn. So, you know, that's just how it goes. But when he, when he was bringing it up and I said, you know, I, I'm, I'm sorry, like, I, I'm really sorry. I, I hope you're finding other ways. And he said, well, you should do a podcast episode about it if you're not going to talk about it in the course. And um, I like that challenge. And uh, you know who you are. If you're listening, consider this challenge accepted. Um, so here we go. We're going to dive into attachment theory today. Um, and as usual, I do want to provide some context here before we get to the real meat of it. Um, attachment theory is a, uh, it was formulated by a, a, a psychiatrist. He was actually a psychiatrist and a researcher, I believe, uh, many years ago, back in the 50s. And like any good theory, it was met with tons of resistance at first, a lot of skepticism, a lot of criticism, and just a lot of kind of flat out like this is, uh, you know, this is baloney. This, no, we don't need to know about this. Um, attachment styles don't matter. And as more research started to develop around the subject, it became really evident that this is actually very significant. Now, in the, the recovery from pornography, what most of it boils down to is finding healthy ways to meet your needs. Finding healthy ways to meet your needs. What that means is that pornography is meeting a need for you. It's just not doing a very good job. It is a, it's kind of like, um, it's like quenching your thirst with poison. It's like, in theory, the, the poison is liquid, so it momentarily satisfies your thirst. But the damage it's going to do in the long run ultimately makes it a poor option. And porn is kind of that way as well. Porn offers intimacy. It offers safety. Uh, depending on what you're viewing, why you're viewing it, it might offer significance. It offers a sense of belonging and connection. You know, it, it offers all these different needs and, and or, or it meets all of these different needs. And it's often what keeps us coming back for more and more and more of it. And so a, a part of, of recovering from pornography is finding better ways to get your needs met. 
Attachment theory kind of explains why we resort to certain things to get our needs met. Um, it, it kind of gives us a framework or an understanding of why we have certain patterns or certain um, habits built in the first place. And when you can understand why they're there, number one, you can correct them. Uh, but number two, you're, you're going to actually notice that a, an element of guilt and shame start to fall off because uh, this attachment theory gives some explanation for how childhood experiences gave rise to some of your, um, I don't know, yeah, some of your patterns as an adult. So I have one client in particular who, um, you know, very early on in the program had success and he actually went, uh, this was after the guy was struggling daily and, um, and he went about, uh, about six months straight of no porn, no masturbation. And, um, you know, he wasn't white knuckling it. Like he was just cool as a cucumber, had such a good understanding of what he needed to do to stay clean and was just trucking along, just doing his thing. And, while he was doing the program, he also started seeing a therapist, which I, I highly recommend. I think it's a it's a really good combo. And a lot of our clients who have had, I would say, some of the more, uh, some better success, like clients who have been more successful in our programs, have often had uh, a couple different things in the mix that are all chipping away at different issues together. And, and that seems to be very effective. So anyway, he's seen his therapist and his therapist was actually big on attachment theory. And... Um, the therapist started to notice this change in him, like something happened to you, you're way more secure in yourself, you're way more calm, what's the deal? And so he started explaining the things he was learning in the course. And, um, and the therapist said, well, you may not realize this, but the course or whatever it is you're taking has actually helped you move towards secure attachment, which is um, kind of the penultimate attachment style. And we're going to get into that in a minute. But I, I say that to let you know that, you know, um, as we kind of delve into this and you're going to, you're probably going to try to identify like what kind of a attachment style am I just understand that, you know, we, we gather this information and we try to pinpoint so that we can, um, yeah, number one, identify in our own lives, where have we come up short? Where do we need to make adjustments? But then number two, um, we, we then uh, set a standard or set a goal in mind for what we need to go towards. And so, um, you know, the stuff that you're learning here on this podcast, the stuff that you'll learn in the blog, and uh, certainly the stuff you learn in the program, all of it will drive you towards, um, towards a better attachment style, getting your needs met in a more healthy way, and ultimately making better decisions. Okay, that is enough context. Let's get into it. So the the attachment theory has has basically identified four styles of attachment. Okay, now when we're talking about attachment, we're talking about how you form connection. Now, nothing is more influential of how you form connection than your parent relationships. Okay, the way your parents attached to you and with you when you were young, that is the most, the strongest contributing factor to your attachment style. And as I'm mentioning over and over again, you're going to hear me say this again and again, it can change. It can be changed. It doesn't matter how messed up your childhood was or whatever. Um, but the, the design, God's goal in all of this is that we would have parents who are loving, who are secure, who are present and who help us either who either meet our needs for us 
or they help us find ways to get our needs met on a regular basis. When that takes place, it is called secure attachment. Okay, secure attachment, as I mentioned, is the is the goal. It's sort of the penultimate. It is the standard, and um, the the real the real mark of secure attachment is in the word. It is the presence of safety and security within oneself. So when you are young, it is the confidence that either you will get your needs met. Or that when you have a need, your parent will get it met. Because unmet needs is the greatest source of distress in the human body. When, when needs don't go met, we enter a distressed state until the need gets met. So that the whole concept of secure attachment is that our attachments to our caregivers give us the confidence and they give us the safety that is required for us to take risks to be imaginative, to um, be creative, to form connections with other people, to explore our environments. All of those kinds of things are the mark of security. They're the mark of safety. And they are ultimately dictated by the level and the quality of attachment that you experience with your caregivers. Okay, so this is the goal. Now, Uh, I'm going to guess that a majority of us maybe experience this in small doses, maybe even decent sized doses, but probably not perfectly. Um, So you may relate in some of the other categories more. Uh, The second style is anxious resistant attachment. Okay, anxious resistance. So this is when um, the, the way that you were cared for when you were young was maybe inconsistent. So sometimes you got your needs met. Um, but sometimes you didn't. And it was not always done with security, with, with safety, with consistency, with that, that certainty and reassurance that we need when we're growing up. So anxious, resistant attachment is marked. Um, that, that, as an example, there's an article in Psychology Today. We'll link to this in the show notes. But this article says that you know um, a child who is frightened by separation and continues to display anxious behavior once the caregiver returns, might, might have this kind of attachment style. So the, the general mark of anxious attachment is exactly that. It is that in the absence of a caregiver or in the absence of the regular places of security, there's anxiety. There's no longer the confidence or the security. Now, we're talking about this on, the, on a spectrum of stages of life. So when you're very young, I mean, there, there isn't room for these patterns to really develop that much. It is with time, it's as time goes on that these patterns really start to formulate. So if you have a parent who is, um, you know, maybe acknowledges your need, but does not get it met, does not help you get it met, um, leaves you to your own devices, knowing full well that you're not able to, or you're not capable of getting that need met, you might become anxious. Or, or anxious resistant. So that's the second kind. The third kind is avoidant attachment. And so this is, this is the child who basically learns, my needs cannot get met by my caregivers, I'm on my own. And so the, the, uh, the avoidant attachment style says, I don't need anybody, I don't need anything else. And in this Psychology Today article, um, th- it says that avoidant attachment would denote a child who reacts fairly calmly to a parent's absence or separation and 
that's one thing that can actually be the mark of, of secure attachment because, you know, it's like, okay, my parents are gone. That's okay. I can get my needs met. But in my opinion, the real mark of it is that they do not embrace the parents return. So it's like, even when the parents come back, there's no, there's no connection there. There's no sense of relief that they're back or anything else. So this is, this is avoidant attachment. And the fourth style is disorganized attachment. And this is manifest in odd or ambivalent behavior toward a caregiver upon return. So it might be, you know, turning away from the caregiver. So it's not, it's no longer this kind of indifference, but it's actually a conscious effort to turn away. Or it could be an outburst, like uh, it's kind of fight or flight. But it is, it is just a, it is a strong reaction and usually disorganized attachment. Um, this would be considered the most extreme style um, and, and maybe the most dysfunctional and is usually characteristic of trauma. So um, it's, it's the result of that kind of, um, yeah, I would say that kind of trauma or um, prolonged distressful circumstances that cause disorganized attachment. So those are the four different styles. We're just going over these briefly today. We're not going to get a chance to dig in really deep. But here's what I'll say. Uh, you know, if you've grown up with, let's say you had, you had parents who, you know, put food on the tables. Uh, they took good care of your, your kind of physical needs, but maybe they weren't really there emotionally. That would probably be the avoidant attachment style. Now, it's also possible that you had parents who maybe tried, but they didn't really know how to do it. They didn't know how to help form those good connections. They didn't know always how to get your needs met. They didn't maybe have enough security within their own marriage or, you know, uh, relationship, caregiver relationship to really look after you properly. Um, so maybe it would be more anxious, uh, avoidant, um, or pardon me, anxious, uh, I'm forgetting the word here now, anxious, resistant. Um, what I really want to just focus on for the remainder of the podcast is talking about secure attachment. And the reason is because secure attachment is, is a place that all of us can, can achieve. We can all reach a place of secure attachment. Now, to give you an idea, um, secure attachment has, um, has really shown that it actually, like if people experience secure attachment, they go on to achieve great things in life. It, it really, it, it is probably one of the best head starts that a child can get um, because secure attachment is becoming rare just with uh, the brokenness of homes and I would say even the brokenness of people. Um, it is becoming a lot harder to find that safety and security. Anxiety rates are on the rise, depression and everything else. Um, secure attachment develops by, uh, just listen to this, sensitive, responsive caregiving and insecurity from its lack. So this is when, this is when um, a child is developing. Secure attachment in children has been theorized to result from sensitive, responsive caregiving and insecurity from its lack. Um, now, I've obviously talked primarily about parenting. I should mention that parenting is not the only thing that factors in. You have environment, you have genetics, um, there's social influences at play, tons of different things here. What we focus on at Deep Clean is, is helping people find secure attachment in God. And that's why I wanted to land here because I believe that nobody can perfectly meet the needs you have as a person. No, no human can meet your needs perfectly. But I do believe that God can. I do believe that an infinite and perfect God can infinitely and perfectly meet your needs. 
And one of the things that we encourage people to do in Deep Clean is, you know, Deep Clean takes you on this journey where you identify some of the areas uh, of your past that might be contributing. Some of the areas that uh, where you think, yeah, you know, this moment in life, that that was actually pretty damaging to my self-worth, to my ability to connect with other people, you know, whatever it might be. And then what we have people do is, is to kind of forgive, to release, to let go of those experiences and to say, uh, what were the needs that I really needed to get met in that moment? What were the needs that went unmet? And then learning to get those needs met through God and saying, okay, God, uh, where were you in this moment? God, what does it look like to get my need for approval met through you first? And this is the, this is honestly, this is the way I have, I've gravitated towards secure attachment and I'm not perfectly there. I certainly have my moments of insecurity and, um, you know, I would say I personally have a tendency towards avoidant attachment where I kind of go into these, I don't need anybody and I shut down and I shall, I just become a shell and, you know, that sort of thing. Um, so I'm, I'm a work in progress myself. But I would say that nothing has helped me move towards secure attachment more than just anchoring myself in the heart of God and and learning to, number one, identify the needs as they arise. And then number two, choosing to go to him first. Now, this is where um, you need tools that are going to help you engage with God on an emotional level. Uh, A lot of people settle for cognitive cerebral exercises, but that is not what actually facilitates security. Security is, is not a matter of logic or reason. Security is a matter of the emotive, heartfelt part of you. So it's important that you are able to engage with God. I mean, absolutely engage with God with your mind. That's an instruction, right? To love the Lord your God with your heart, soul, mind. So mind is in there, but don't forget about the heart and the soul. Those parts are the parts that we are to love him with firstly and foremostly. Because remember, we, we can all recall when we gave our hearts to Jesus, but nobody recalls when they gave their mind to him. Because you, you surrender your heart, you surrender your life. And this is where secure attachment exists. It exists in the heart. So if you want to take a step towards secure attachment today, what I would encourage you to do is to uh, pay attention the next time that you are in a, dis- in a state of distress or the next time that you notice you have a need that is unmet. So that might be marked by temptation, might be marked by cravings, it might be met by uh, feelings in your body, you can feel yourself tensing up, you can feel yourself feeling anxious. In those moments, ask yourself, what would it look like to get my need met by God? Maybe it means you journal. Maybe it means that you pray, you worship. Maybe it means that you just start talking to him. It, it, that's, I mean, I guess that's kind of prayer anyway, but you, you get what I mean. Um, the, the, quick, the quicker you can do that and the more habitual it becomes, the faster you will heal and the faster you will move towards secure attachment. Now, we'll have to do another episode on this because I'm, I'm kind of hitting my, my limit here and, uh, and I feel like there's so much more to cover. Um, but the last thing I'll just say, I, I found this quite interesting. Um, there's, a, there's a little segment in this article that I'm, that I'm kind of basing some of this information off of. This is on Psychology Today, and, and like I mentioned, we'll, uh, we'll put it on the, um, in the show notes. Uh, but there's a question here that says, how can you tell if someone has an in- in- insecure attachment style? 
And it says a person may have high attachment anxiety if she worries a lot about being abandoned or uncared for. This is measurable by one's agreement with statements such as, I worry about being alone. I often worry that romantic partners don't really love me. Someone high in attachment avoidance likely worries about other people getting too close. So again, those are some of the fears, fears of abandonment or fears of intimacy. Um, It could be on either end of the spectrum, just depending on your attachment style. Um, But people with a secure attachment style tend to fare better in outcomes such as relationship stability and sexual satisfaction. Really interesting. Um, And might be less likely to engage in disruptive acts such as partner surveillance or harmful sexual behavior. So secure attachment absolutely matters. If you are pursuing greater levels of sexual integrity, you want to get porn out of your life, you want to get masturbation out of your life, uh, you want to stop objectifying women, you want to start looking at them the way God sees them, uh, you want to start just feeling more comfortable in your skin. All of these things are accomplished by growing in greater security. So um, that is everything for today. Uh, We kind of just glossed over a mammoth subject. I'm going to put um, a link to this and I'll put a link to the uh, to Therapist Uncensored as well. Um, maybe I'll see if I can identify an episode or two there that will be especially helpful for you. Uh, but I want to just encourage you, uh, you know, wherever you are, the, the research is very, very clear that you can change your attachment style substantially uh, over time. And we see this happen in our program. And, you know, there's, there's therapists, researchers, uh, practitioners all around the world who are helping people do that as well. It's probably one of the best things you can do for your relationships and ultimately for your freedom. So thank you so much for listening today. Uh, I really appreciate it. I'm really cheering you guys on. I'm in your corner here. I want to see you walk in greater levels of freedom, integrity, confidence, and anything else that your heart desires. So thanks so much for listening. Have an amazing day, guys, and we'll talk soon. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to The New Man Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, you can share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest, please sign up for the weekly newsletter at www.sathiasam.com or follow on Instagram at Sam. Thanks again and see you next time.